Welcome to Bible Mysteries. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? You're listening to episode 171, Son of Man, The Sign. Now here are your hosts, Scott and John. Hello and welcome once again to Bible Mysteries Podcast. I'm Scott Mitchell. And I'm John Potts. And this is the show that talks about things in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know. We are so glad that the world is waking up, at least some of us, uh, to see these things mm-hmm. in the scriptures. We kind of help us understand what's going on in the world. There is a big awakening to I think weird there things. Is. There's a lot of weird stuff going on, so people are waking up. There are weird stuff, and hopefully it's causing people to go, wait, what is going on in this world? Yeah. And start looking for answers outside of the mainstream narrative. Well, and a lot of the people that go to church are waking up, but hopefully they're not going, oh, there's all this alien stuff going on. So, And they start searching in the new age. Hopefully yeah. they're, they're seeking truthful answers. Yeah, because that makes sense. Yeah. The, the Christian church does incorporate a lot of New Age stuff that they shouldn't be messing with, and yeah. I don't think they realize. Yeah. So we want to warn people that, you know, whatever looks, I mean, Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Mm-hmm. So we've got to be diligent to study the scriptures and make sure that we don't fall for the deception. Hence the term Bible mysteries. We are here mm-hmm. to focus our attention on what the scripture has to say about things. And John, we're going to go ahead and uh, welcome our latest group of seekers. Okay, I'll do that. So uh, this episode is brought to us by our premium subscribers, who, what you just mentioned, we call our seekers, and they are Trey K, D, B, John G, Joel H, and Timothy L. All brought to us, or all came to us in August of this past year. So we're now we're up to August. Finally up to and, August. And we're catching up. We're going to catch up. And I, I do agree with you. I think it might be a good idea to start doing 10 per uh, episode, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Maybe maybe five is a good number. We'll see, we'll see how it goes. If we, if we get too far behind, we'll, we'll start cranking it up by doing 10. But I like five for right now because you get those five people um, recognizing them for supporting this ministry. Thank Absolutely. you all very much. We do thank you so much. And you know, when we, there's a point at which if we reach the number we're hoping to reach, and we didn't reach our goal in January, uh, in uh, the year 2023, uh, so we were hoping to get 500 seekers. We don't have 500 yet, but once we exceed that number, maybe we will need to up the number of people yeah. that we thank per episode. But for now, you know, we're kind of, it's a slow climb, but we're not in a hurry. Hey, well, our goal is to get to 500. That's that's goal number one, which yeah. is the low bar, right? That's the low and bar. We can only get there if people <laughs> um, will subscribe and, sub- and support. And since we're in 2024, what a great way to help your friends achieve their goal, your friends and family yeah. achieve their goal of being a new person in 2024 by yeah. giving a great, giving them a gift subscription to a great podcast that's going to help them kind of turn that corner because yeah. I know I'm working on stuff and I'm sure everybody else is out there for the new year, your new year's resolution. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying a gift sur- subscription would be great for those people and it would also help us achieve our goals. Right? That's true. <laughs> and, and I myself made renewed commitments to make this new year, 2024, sure. uh, be a time when I reach, uh, try to grow closer to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Commune more with the Holy Spirit. Uh, seek to have every thought under captivity to Christ. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, focusing my attention on the things that bring about the will of God in, mm-hmm. in the lives of other people to come to the knowledge of the truth. So you're right. That's a great idea to have a to gift people a, a, a subscription. Draw near to God. Yeah, because we near to you. we hope we're giving them tools mm-hmm. both in this podcast, Bible Mysteries, and with our Unlock the Bible Now ministry and the Sunday messages, uh, all of which are free, but you get the bonus content when you subscribe to Bible Ministries Podcast, and you can check into all that and see what we we offer you there. But John, today we're going to continue to explore the term the Son of Man. Okay. And we're going to get into the sign of the Son of Man. We've explored the meaning of his name last week, and we talked about why it is the title of Jesus Christ, because he is literally the one that was prophesied in Daniel 7 to be the... Uh, the one who's going to come and receive the kingdom. But today we're going to continue looking into the Son of Man concerning his sign. What is the sign 
of the Son of Man, and what does it mean to the world when it appears? Now, Ryan Peterson was our guest for the interview we did in December. Yeah. And it was one of those little nuggets that he threw us a curveball. And it was like, oh, wait, wait, I got to explore that more deeply. But it was closer to the end of the time of, of our discussion with him. So we didn't get to go really deep into that. But he threw this idea out that what if the sign of the Son of Man is the rapture itself? Okay. Mm-hmm. okay, and so of course, uh, since we couldn't explore it more deeply at the time and with the time we had left, I decided to delve into it a little bit. So I okay. kind of looked into those things, and I'd like to explore that by going to Matthew twenty-four. Okay, so we're going to start in the book of Matthew twenty-four, which is really the entire discussion that Jesus had on the uh, Mount of Olives with his disciples about the end times, the days of Noah, which is incidentally is Ryan's whole company. It's called the Days of Noah Publishing. Okay. Uh, the days of Noah, uh, where his books, The Judgment of the Nephilim and The Final Nephilim, are can be purchased. But uh, they all discuss how it was in the days of Noah. It's going to be again in the days leading up to the coming yeah. of the Son of Man. So we'll get to the sign there in chapter 24, and we'll start in verse 29. Now Jesus speaking says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear, here it is, the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Now, right off the bat, when I read that portion of it, I thought to myself, well, I believe the context precludes the idea that the rapture itself is the sign of the Son of Man based on the timing of events. Mm -hmm. Now, Ryan may see it differently. We may have to have him back on and have another discussion about this. But when we interviewed him back in December, he stated the sign could be the rapture. Now, if I understood him correctly, that's what I thought he said. It could be he meant that it was connected to the sign. Okay. That the rapture, so I, Ryan, you'll forgive me if I misunderstood yeah. you, but in case anybody thought that maybe the rapture itself is the sign, I would argue that's maybe not the case, but I do think it certainly can be connected to the sign. So we'll sure. explore the possibilities today. Because according to this passage that you said, it says immediately after the tribulation. Right. That was my first red flag about, yeah. well, as far as Because if it was the go, rapture, the rapture would have to be before the tribulation. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the first thing that made me think to myself, well, it's got to be after. But I can see where there are other terms here that refer to him that people could tie back to the rapture, such as coming in the clouds you know, and seeing him in great glory. And there's the great sound of a trumpet. Mm -hmm. So as we're going to read some passages in just a moment, we're going to see those are connected to the rapture too. Okay. But I think we're going to find out that would make it have a connection to the rapture, but not is the sign itself. Okay. So in other words, it almost might be, and we're going to get to this. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Okay. But it almost might be that the rapture triggers the sign, yeah, and then it's visible, and then it will come to fruition after the tribulation of those days. Okay, so let's let's look into that okay. and see if that'll that'll pan out. So first, let's look at the parallels to the the event of the rapture itself in First Thessalonians chapter four, because clearly here we're going to see that we have the church meeting the Lord in the clouds. So let's read it in verse okay. fifteen. Paul writes, "For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord." that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Now, there are some that disagree with this. There are some that don't believe in a rapture. But I believe that this event here is not the second coming, but is coming to gather the church prior to the second coming. Prior to the tribulation. Yeah, all of that. Yeah, yeah okay. Simply, mainly because we're delivered from the wrath to come. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we get more details. He says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And he doesn't mean in the air. It just means we meet him in the air and we'll forever be with him. And then he hints, he closes with the statement, wherefore comfort one another with these words. So the comfort mm-hmm. lies in the fact that, number one, the dead will rise again and we'll mm-hmm. see them. 
right, mm-hmm. we'll be reunited. Number two, we'll go up with them to meet the Lord. And number three, while it doesn't say that in this passage, in the entire context of that chapter, it happens to deliver us from the wrath to come. Yes. And therefore, there's the comfort. Okay. In the very next chapter, he goes on to talk about the day of the Lord will not overtake us as a thief because we're children of the day, not of the night. So we're delivered from the wrath to come. Okay. Now, the connections that would tie it back to Matthew 24 are, again, meeting the Lord in the clouds because he mm-hmm. says he's coming in the clouds. Yeah. And then we also have the sounding of a trumpet here because he says there's the shout, the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. But we also have to realize that the trumpet itself was the gathering instrument for Israel. Okay. When it sounded, there were two sounds, essentially, that were associated with these trumpets that God had directed Moses and Aaron to make. One was the assembling, and the other was the gathering to battle. Can I stop you real quick yeah. before you go into that point? Because I'm going to lose my thought okay. on something, but I do want you to go into that. So... On this last passage that you just read, and I think a lot of people may have this question, or I would hope that a lot of people do, when people die before us, right, the question is, where do they go? Do they go to heaven, or do they go to sleep? Like a lot of people have the, the theory of soul sleep, right? Yeah. And I may, I'm probably going way off on a tangent here, so I apologize for that. But it says that the dead in Christ rise first, mm-hmm. right? Well, if they're in heaven already, then why would they rise to go meet the Lord in the air? And then those of us which are alive and remain would go after them to meet the, the yeah. Lord in the air. Yeah, right? that's a great question. And I do deal with it in more detail on my Unlock the Bible Now. We That's been a common question that people Oh, really? Have. Yeah. Okay. But I can give you a short answer now because okay. it does tie into what we're talking about. Okay. And the, that is what rises is the body. Yeah. The spirit is with the Lord. Okay. So, and and it might be dust. Like Paul's body is probably dust by now. Or people that have been cremated or exactly. whatever. Yeah. yeah. And for those that argue, I, you shouldn't cremate, you should bury. Well, I say, well, if you were buried long enough ago, you were, you've been dust. cremated. Yeah. You know, you've essentially become dust anyway. Yeah. But that's that's another subject. However, I think it's the body because if the spirit is with the Lord and Paul said to depart and be with the Lord is far better, he intended that when he died, he would be with Christ. Mm-hmm. So, but he may not have had that physical body yet, that glorified body that we're going to receive. I believe we'll receive it here. Which now makes me think about the, the, the I guess it's the thief that was next to Christ on the cross. Mm-hmm. And Christ said, today you will be with me in paradise. Exactly. Which means he's going up. He's not going to sleep somewhere in right. whatever they call that place. That's right. <laughs> and technically, paradise for him would have been Abraham's bosom. Because Christ ah, had not true. yet made the yeah. path of, available to go to heaven. But it's still the same point. It was rest and peace and comfort yeah. and paradise. Hmm. You know? So it's it's and while today it's in heaven because we're no longer limited because mm-hmm. Christ's atoning blood, mm-hmm. you know. But for that thief on the cross, that day would have been in, in the in the earth. Okay. In Abraham's bosom. Well sorry, I sidetracked the whole podcast, but well, I think a lot of people have that question of what happens to their loved ones they do. prior to them going. And it comes up every time you mention the dead in Christ. Yeah. It's the okay. thought that pops in our head, so I'm glad you said it. Okay. Now, since we see the two connections of the clouds and the trumpet, we can certainly connect it to the events of Matthew 24. But we also have the catching up of God's elect here, but are they gathered by the angels? Because we're going to find in Matthew 24, there's a gathering of God's elect by the angels. But in Thessalonians chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians 4, there's not a gathering by angels of the elect. We're caught up. Yeah. And we go to meet the Lord in the air. And and as I was stating about the trumpets, the trumpets, what do the trumpets have to do with the body of Christ anyway? They were created by, or uh, ordained by God to be crafted by Moses and Aaron used by the priesthood to gather the people of Israel to assembly and to gather them to battle. Mm -hmm. So it's in connection to Israel that trumpets are associated. So the church doesn't really have any trumpet. But what if the rapture occurs because the trumpet sounds, which means, hey, come on up. We need you. But the trumpet is also the sounding of Israel to say, hey, come out of hiding. Gather for assembly. Hmm. Okay. And maybe that's the event that's going to cause Gog and Magog and those things to, or if they're not even happening at the same time, you know, yeah. they could be coinciding the rapture and the battle of Gog and Magog. So do you think that the, 
when the rapture occurs, the seven-year tribulation starts. Yes. There's not a period of 10 years in there or, or a time period that happens. Everybody disappears in the rapture, and then there's chaos, and mm-hmm. the world settles down, and maybe the ten, the seven year tribulation starts. Yeah, Later, I don't preclude. It happens the, immediately. I don't preclude the possibility of a time period. I don't think it would be ten years, but I don't preclude there could yeah. be a month or a week or a day or something that's possible. But the way God operates tends to be specific to time. Yeah. When He says to <clears throat> Noah, "On the certain day of the certain month, clo- I'm going to close you into the ark." Because that's yeah. when the rain's going to come down. There, there's no. They weren't in the ark for forty days waiting for the rain, or thirty yeah. days, or yeah. something like yeah. that. It said that day the rain, the fountains of the deep were opened up. You know, so uh, I do believe that specific things happen. He said to the twelve, "Tarry in Jerusalem until you be empowered by the Spirit." And the day of Pentecost, a specific date on the calendar, a feast day happened. Hmm. And and some believe that the rapture is going to occur on the Feast of Trumpets, you know, yeah. which is one of the Israeli feast days. And so it could be that that's true. I don't know. Uh, but but it, so it might be that on the Feast of Trumpets, that's when the trumpet's going to sound to gather Israel. Hmm. You know, there might be a connection there. Do we know when that day is? Uh, I personally don't know the date of the Feast of Trumpets, uh-huh. uh, but it, there's there, there's argument to say that because Christ fulfilled four feast days with his coming death, burial, and resurrection, you know, Passover, unleavened bread, um, there's something else I'm missing because I don't know my feast that as well as I should, like Dr. Barry All knows them. Well, I don't know any of them, so you're doing better than me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then, uh, and of course, um, oh, first fruits. Uh, mm-hmm. For resurrection and then Pentecost. Okay. So those four essentially were fulfilled by the close of the New Testament scriptures. Okay. If you will, and in Christ. So the remaining ones are trumpets, tabernacles, and uh, I guess the atonement is connected to somehow one of those. Uh, but um, it would make sense then that if God's blinding Israel right now, they're in darkness, He's hiding His face from them, that when He acknowledges them as his people again and no longer hides his face through the deliverance of Gog and Magog, that that may happen on the day of the Feast of Trumpets. Hmm. And maybe, like I said, the rapture occurs right as that event is occurring, like Gog invades or or the cult, or God's deliverance from Gog, I should say. Because yeah. Gog could have already invaded, as, as we explored yeah. a little bit in the Song of Moses, yeah. or it's something else that we don't understand of a spiritual nature that's happening. You know that we may not see necessarily physically, but um, I I would argue that um, whatever it is, it's possible that when the Lord delivers His true Israel, they'll know He's their God. He'll no longer hide their face from them. It would make sense then that there's a trumpet blowing and a gathering. And if the shout of the archangel, who's Michael, takes place at the rapture, then it means Michael is no longer forbidden to be the protector of Israel. And he's their prince again. Okay. So it would all coincide. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Really interesting. Yeah. So let's delve into that a little bit when it comes to the Son of Man again in Daniel chapter 7. Now, you might recall that we talked about this in that dream of the four kingdoms last episode. Mm -hmm. And then the fifth kingdom is given to the Son of Man. But you can also see the same similarities that we saw like with the clouds and with the gathering uh, of, of the elect to meet the Lord and the trumpets, you can see that in Daniel 7 as well, okay. which I know doesn't relate to the church, the body of Christ, or the rapture, but it does relate to Israel. So I believe this is more likely the sign of his return. Let's read it again. Daniel 7, verse 9. I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. Now, this is the Lord himself sitting on his throne. What do you think wheels as burning fire refers to? Doesn't that... Well, (laughs) I think it's UFOs. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, that that goes back to the one where we were, I don't know where it's at, Isaiah, I believe, where he's talking about the the being and it's a circle within a circle. That's Ezekiel, chapter one. Ezekiel, okay. It just sounds so much like that, where he's trying to describe, to the best of his knowledge, a chariot or something like that. Well, this is, he's saying it's wheels, which is a round structure with fire coming out the bottom of it, right? 
You're exactly right, John. I believe this is exactly paralleling Ezekiel chapter 1 and the description of the four living creatures and the wheels yeah. within the wheels, yeah. when the eyes are around about it, and then there's the throne of God above it, above the head of the creatures and yeah. the firmament. So I think it's the exact same scene he's seeing here. God is consistent. Crazy. God is consistent, if anything. You know, yeah. These signs are always going to tie into each other. Hmm. So the wheel as a burning fire, a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousands, thou, thousands, thousands ministered unto him, and 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were open. And like I told you last week, it's probably the, the final judgment taking place. Uh, or hmm. it might just be the judgment of the Nephilim, you know, the okay. judgment of the Antichrist and his armies, yeah. because it's the end of that fourth kingdom. Okay. And then I beheld then because of the voice of the great word, which the words which the horn spake, there's the Antichrist. I beheld even till the beast was slain, his body was destroyed and given to the burning flame. And it it seems to be that that burning flame that issues from before the Lord, in, in my opinion, is when the lake of fire is created. I think the Antichrist and the false beast, are the, or the false prophet rather, are the first occupants of the lake of fire. Hmm. This does sound like the judgment of the Nephilim, though, because he's yeah. talking about the beast, and then as concerning of the rest of the beast, which is a reference to the Nephilim, right? Right, or the other kingdoms in the dream, but it, but the okay. parallel is there. Yeah. The parallel is there. And so they had their dominion taken away, so they, clearly there were ten kings mm -hmm. with the beast, and we know they're Nephilim, right? So you're, you're mm -hmm. right, you're exactly right. Uh, yet their lives were prolonged for a season in time, and I think that's history. Uh, I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man... There's the original That's usage Christ. of the title yeah. of Christ, so it's the Son of Man, right? <laughs> Came with the clouds of heaven. There's the clouds that Christ referred to in Matthew 24. And came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there's a gathering. There, there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages and, uh, and languages should serve him. And his dominion is an everlasting dominion. And his, uh, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. So there's definitely a connection between Matthew 24 and Daniel 7. Mm -hmm. It's literally the coming of the Son of Man. And that's why Jesus was referring to himself as the Son of Man throughout his ministry in Israel. Hmm. So let's go back to Matthew 24 and see it. And what we're going to do is we're going to back up in the chapter to get context, because as you very correctly pointed out earlier, it's after the tribulation of those days when we saw the reference to the sign of the Son of Man. Mm -hmm. So there's got to be things that lead up to the sign of the Son of Man and tribulation before the sign can appear. Okay. Now, so that what I'm saying is I'm precluding the idea that the, that the rapture itself is the sign of the Son of Man, but it could be tied to it because if we go out with the sound of the voice of the archangel and the trumpet mm -hmm. and we meet the Lord in the clouds then perhaps that thing that took place when we went out is like, and in my opinion, it's very possible that the angels of the Lord with Michael as their general engage in the battle with the angels of the dragon at that moment. Okay. Because it's like when we go out, there's like a breach through the, through the enemy lines. Yeah. And they rush in to fill the gap like you stir up a fire ant's nest, you know. Mm -hmm. You poke a stick in it, and you watch them all come out. Mm -hmm. To me, that's what the satanic angels are going to do. They're going to engage in the battle, maybe trying to go grab us back and retrieve us or stop us from escaping because mm -hmm. we are in bondage, in a sense, yeah. to the sin yeah. of this world, you know. And so out we go. They engage in the battle, and whatever events are taking place on the earth at that point are all coinciding with the revealing of the Antichrist, the man of sin, you know, the Ten Kings appearing. I've hit that so many times. i got to stop doing that. <laughs> this has got to be unbelievable, complete chaos on Earth. Man. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then just like to me, I, I kid you not, I do not know yet. And, and as we speak today, we don't know any more information yet. But by the time this airs, we might know more about those events that took place in Miami. Mm -hmm. But is it possible it's a lie that they were just kids fighting and shooting off firecrackers? And there really was something going on that a portal opened up yeah. and maybe never, because we're going to see them. If it may, may not have been that event in Miami, but we're going to see these Nephilims, Nephilim showing up again. That, you if, don't it, think it, that they will appear after the rapture? You why, think before? Why not before? Well, I don't know. 
Why not before? The last days. I think we're starting to see them now. Right. In in all types, not just alien life form, what we would call the quote-unquote aliens. But people are seeing all kinds of weird cryptid stuff, Bigfoots. Yeah. And have been for some time. Yeah. And I often think, But did you ever notice that sightings of that ilk ramped up after the A-bomb? Hiroshima, Nagasaki. I never thought about that. Um, I've all I've often thought, man, there it's we're starting to see more and more and more reports of not only Bigfoot but aliens and just stuff in general, right? Well, I say that but because I think it's because of the internet. Well, I I'm telling you, I say that because I think when we exploded the atom bomb, a portal was opened. Uh, quite possibly, yeah. There was some electromagnetic energy that had never been um, produced on this planet before that time. When was the atom bomb exploded? 1948? Uh, 47, I believe. 47? Was, was the end, right? Yeah, 45? 47, okay. Somewhere between 45 and 47. Okay. So we, I, I didn't research the date, but but uh, we know that what Pearl Harbor was December 11th of 1941, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay, so that drew us into the war, the U.S., and therefore, the, it was the age bomb that ended the war in the Pacific. Japan surrendered. Did uh, Aleister Crowley summon something in that time period? Am I way off here? Wouldn't be surprised. Or was uh, that? I do not know. I mean, he may have been dead by then. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm just drawing straws here. But <laughs> I'm just saying, well, we're talking about portals. And, and yeah. I mean, maybe he was praying to the devil for something to happen. I don't know. But I'm just saying that, is it possible that that explosion and every subsequent test... After that, because you you understand the United States is the only nation that has ever deployed an atomic weapon that killed hundreds of thousands of people. And incidentally, Hmm. those two cities, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, you know what they're characterized by? They were the two cities in Japan that were Christian. Really? Yeah. the, The rest of Japan was like Shinto or that whatever their religion was. But they were like there was a Christian community in both of those cities. I'm telling you, the devil knows That's what he's bizarre, doing. bizarre, man. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, so we, hmm. if we back up to Matthew 24 for more context, we can see the time of Jacob's trouble or tribulation is the context in verse 11. Matthew 24, 11 says, And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Now watch the statement. This is important, John. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. What is the gospel of the kingdom? It's not Christ died for your sins, was buried, and raised again. That's the gospel of Christ. Yeah. That's the gospel of salvation for us today. But the gospel of kingdom was what he began preaching three years earlier. Repent for the kingdom of heaven, is it? Yeah. It's the national salvation program of Israel. That's not being preached today, or it shouldn't be. God's not reaching out to Israel today, but he will. And when he stops hiding his face from them, he's got those 144,000. And, and the they two are witnesses. preaching the gospel of the king. Amen. Okay. So then they begin, and then it says it's going to be preached unto all nations, or actually it says it's going to be preached for a witness unto all nations. Mm-hmm. It's not that he's preaching to the nations, but they will witness it and see that something's changing. Okay. And all this is going to lead into something I want to get into in a moment. It has having to do with the sign. That's why I was asking, I think, last week or the week before, because of this very... I was asking if the 144 were going to all be in Israel, or I, are they going to be spread out among the world? I don't know where they're going to be located, but I yeah. think their focus is to Israel. Okay. So if they're trying to gather the elect from, the, you know, from all over the world mm-hmm. to bring Israel back to Jerusalem, to bring them back to Israel, whatever, maybe that's going on. I'm not sure. But it's not just a it, it's not just about bringing Jewish people back. It's about people that are left on Earth who are not Jewish, who are who want to convert to Christianity, Christianity, sorry, and defy taking the mark of the beast. Correct? They have, absolutely they, they have, have an to opportunity defy, yeah. to be redeemed as well. Right, but their in that instance, their um, objective is going to be to help Israel. Okay, because since God's dealing with them as a nation again. When the Lord comes back in Matthew 25, he says that before him is gathered all nations, and he separates them like a, a shepherd divides a sheep from the goats. Mm-hmm. And the goats end up on the left hand, and they're the nations that end up going into hell. 
And when they ask why, he says, I was hungry and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. Naked and you clothed me, sick and you visited me. And they said, when didn't we do these things? And he says, when you did not do it unto the least of these, my brethren, you didn't do it to me. And mm -hmm. who is the brethren of the Lord? Yeah. Israel. Nation, Israel. Yeah. yeah. So I believe that it, uh, there's going to be a connection to having, to having to help Israel and not take the mark of the beast for salvation or Gentiles. Hmm. But Israel itself is being offered the kingdom, not the nations. The kingdom is prepared for them, and they go into it. But the administers of the kingdom is the priesthood, hmm. is Israel. Okay, so he says the gospel of the kingdom is to be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. So I think you're probably right that all Israel is in all the world and they're going to be preached unto. Okay. And then it says, and then shall the end come. Now, when is the end? Well, um, you know, the end is when the Antichrist, there's a the pivotal moment when the Antichrist declares himself to be God. Yeah. That's the final straw there. Uh, so we are, we already talked about last week that um, Christ said to the woman of Canaan, I'm not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So we need to recall that the gospel of the kingdom, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, was meant only for Israel. So the church would have to be gone already. Mm -hmm. When he says this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witness unto all nations and then shall the end come, what good is the Gentile church to preach the gospel of the kingdom? Why would God use Gentiles to offer the kingdom to Israel? That would make no yeah, sense. No sense you know? And even like he said to that Canaanite <clears throat> woman, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Well, then this is proof that the dispensation of grace will have ended. You know, yeah, and uh, and any, if anybody wants to go back and reference it, it's Matthew fifteen twenty one through twenty four. But I don't want to read it again because we just did that last week. Yeah. But the point being, um, if they're preaching the gospel of the kingdom again, we can't be here. Our message is the gospel of the grace of God. Yeah, yeah. We we've got to be gone and out of the way, which is why we're delivered from the wrath to come. And also, it's the fulfillment of something else. We go to Romans eleven. And we've talked about this a little bit before, and I don't expect our listeners to remember everything concerning the olive tree. But uh, if we go back to a mystery that Paul mentioned in Romans 11, verse 25, he says, For I would not, brethren, and he writes to Gentiles, he says, I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. For Israel to see again and no longer be blind and believe the gospel of the kingdom, God would have had to lift in the blindness. Mm -hmm. If right now they, you know, I, they're not preaching the gospel of the kingdom because it's not at hand, at least not yet. Yeah. And it was at hand when Jesus was alive, but they rejected the king. What is the gospel that they're preaching then? Is it the law? No, the gospel of the kingdom was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yeah, yeah. All right. You, you mean what is the gospel they're preaching now? Yes. Israel? Yes. Well, they're not preaching a gospel. They okay. just believe in keeping the, the, the law of Moses. Keeping the law. That's what I meant by the gospel yeah. of the law. I don't know oh, that, gotcha. Yeah. The, so, yeah, we would call it the teaching a... of the law. Okay, yeah. okay. Because the law really isn't good news. Gospel means good news, and the law is condemnation. It's kind of hard to stick to. Yeah. <laughs> My theory is that... Man, I would fail miserably at that. <laughs> when Moses came off the mountain with the tablets of stone and he read the law in the ears of the people, the minute they heard they couldn't eat bacon, they should have fallen on their knees and begged for mercy. Because <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, that would have done it for me. I'm going to hell. Because well, I can't you, not eat bacon. You would think when he read them, you would have been like, man, I, I already blew five of those. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the point is, Israel can no longer be in blindness if they're being preached to. Doesn't mm -hmm. that make sense? I mean, just logic dictates. If they're blind now until the fullness of the Gentiles become in, then they can't preach the gospel of the kingdom again until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. Mm -hmm. So the blindness will be removed okay. at that time. So if we go to verse 19 of the chapter, backing up just a little bit, he's again speaking to the Gentiles that he calls wild olive branches. And okay. he says, the natural branches were broken off because of unbelief. And you were grafted into their place. This is not replacement theology. This is a temporary dispensation of grace. And so we mm -hmm. got to partake of the blessings of God through Israel's unbelief. Mm -hmm. We didn't replace Israel. And the church is not the replacement for Israel. 
we're here temporarily until the Lord is done. Mm -hmm. And then we go out. So Paul says, thou wilt say then, Gentile, the branches were broken off Israel that I might be grafted in. That's why he said, don't be wise in your own conceits. Don't boast like there's something special about you. Israel was stubborn and hard-hearted, but you're just bad. Mm -hmm. You're Gentiles. He says, well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. Not because there was anything good in the Gentiles, other than God loved them and sent his son to die for them. Yeah. Because of unbelief, the Israel natural olive branches were broken off. And thou standest by faith, the faith of Christ. Be not high-minded, arrogant, but fear, he says. That's an interesting thing to say. Hey, don't be boastful. You better be fearful. For if God spared not the natural branches, which was Israel, he cut them off. Mm -hmm. Take heed, lest he also spare not thee. Well, is he saying God would cut off the Gentile wild branches if they don't watch their P's and Q's? He is. Mm -hmm. And what are they supposed to be doing? What are we supposed to be doing? What is our gospel? The gospel of Christ. Yeah. Not the gospel of the kingdom. We're supposed to be preaching Christ died for your sins will be buried and raised again. Was buried, rather, and was raised again. What if we stop doing our job and we're no longer standing by faith, but we're caught up in the things of the world? Okay. Well, then he's going to cut us off too. Rapture. Hmm. Hey, I'm done with you guys. You're out. Yeah. All right? Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fell, Israel, severity. But toward thee, the Gentiles, goodness if thou continue in his goodness. Otherwise, if you don't, thou also shalt be cut off. Hmm. So there's going to be a cutting off of the wild branches and a grafting back in of the natural branches. Hmm. And it's coming. That's what Paul's saying. They also, he says, Israel, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. And that's exactly what's going to happen when he stops hiding his face from them. Yeah. He'll be sending the 144,000 to preach the gospel of the kingdom. Wow. For if thou wert cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, us Gentiles, and were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? So this whole analogy completely destroys the replacement theology uh, yeah. idea. Let me ask you something real quick. So prior to the the kingdom message, which is Jesus on earth, right? And then after that, you have the grace dispensation. Right. How did people who weren't Jewish become saved prior to Jesus coming to the earth? They had to go through Israel. They had to go through Israel, which meant that they had to keep the law? They had to bring sacrifices. Okay, now, if they wanted if you, to, they could become a proselyte and keep the law. And if you weren't trained in any of that, like 90% of the population of the earth, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. They were doomed? Well, remember, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork in Psalm 19. Yeah. God did not leave himself without record. The stars proclaimed the truth of God. Okay. And they would have caused men, like the wise men from the east that came to the yeah. after the birth of Jesus bearing gifts. Nothing said they were Jews. Yeah. We don't know that, yeah. what they were. They most likely were not, right? They could have been. They could have been Jews yeah. that were in the dispersion to Babylon or sure. something. But they might have just been people that they, they were wise men. They were searching the stars. We've seen his star shining in the east. So for all we know, they were Gentiles seeking for God, and they saw in the stars one was going to be born. So does that mean that people that saw things and were like, I, you know, they didn't have the word God, right? But they knew a creator mm -hmm. was up there and created them, that they were then, quote unquote, saved because of their faith in that? No, they still would have had to go. Remember, what was done from the time of Adam to the time of Christ for remission of sins? Sacrifice? Blood sacrifice. Yeah. So a blood sacrifice was required. Without shedding of blood, there's no remission. So what would have had to happen was people would have had to come to seek the Lord, believe that Israel was God's people, go through the priesthood to offer their sacrifices. So that's, that's probably very few and far between. Right, but that's why there were Jews in synagogues in every major city in the world. Hmm. They were supposed oh, okay. to be proclaiming the truth of God. 
but they failed. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's a good question. I guess I kind of see it, and I'll, I'll let you get back to the podcast. I don't mm-hmm. derail it. I kind of see it as here's this nation of, of Jewish people that are enslaved in Egypt, mm-hmm. and then they're leaving, leaving Egypt and the Exodus, and they're going to the Promised Land. Well, then you have they're keeping the, the law or trying to. Everybody else that's populating the earth knows yeah. nothing about sacrifice and all of that. But right? keep in mind, you've got a history. <clears throat> and just as today we know that every culture and language nation has a historical flood account and yeah, yeah. an account of beings coming down, Anunnaki, whatever, mm-hmm. Titans, mm-hmm. the Olympians, whatever. Uh, so it's a distorted lens of pagan view. But it's, it's going back to the truth of what took place in the days of Noah. Hmm. So they had their history. They had the signs of the stars. God didn't leave himself without a reference. You know, yeah. He didn't leave himself without a record. So men could have sought the Lord, and he even scattered them for that purpose, said that they might happily seek the Lord. Hmm. So okay. men will always have the opportunity to go find God uh, and, and seek him. But keeping the law was never the thing that men had to do for righteousness. It was always the sacrifice. The law really? was to condemn them and show them that they needed a sacrifice. Okay. And ultimately, the one sacrifice that would come, it pointed to cross. That's cross. always been a question I had in my mind, is I always thought that people had to keep the law in order to be, quote-unquote, saved. And I'm just like, how did they do that? Because it's yeah. it, it's next impossible, right? And that came to you because they of didn't. The, the incorrect teaching of right division that was given to yeah. us growing up. That you, know, you had to bless Israel to be saved. You had to mm-hmm. keep the law to be saved. And that's not what they did. Mm-hmm. Not at all what they did. It was the sacrifices and the blood that gave them remission. Hmm. And, and then we were taught, you know, the 12 kept the law after Jesus died and rose again. No, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Yeah. So they, he was the mediator of the New Testament. He says, I came to fulfill the law of Moses, mm-hmm. you know. So anyway. Anyway, sorry uh, yeah, about that. That's tangent, okay. Somebody had that question. Yeah. Oh, they did. They did. So the natural branches are going to be grafted back into their own olive tree. And to me, after the rapture, we're going to go because we're the broken off wild branches. Mm-hmm. You know? And broken off is, you know, some people get upset because I say the, the church is going to fail and the Lord's done with us we've done our job or we're no longer doing our job. He's going to take us out of here. Mm-hmm. We're still delivered from the wrath to come. He loves us. He's going to bring us home. It's, it, it, and it, I mean, we fail every day just because I say I failed as a Christian doesn't mean I'm being denigrating to the church. Just because the, Paul himself said the, the natural branches are going to mm-hmm. be grafted back in and the wild ones are going to be broken off again doesn't mean God doesn't love the church. It just means that we're no longer doing our job. Just as Israel failed to do what God called them to do, we're going to fail to do what we did. Do you think we're, we're there? Do. I do. The church is Absolutely. not doing its job. No, they're not. We're asleep. Yeah. That's what Paul says, wake up. That's why so many people are going, what is going on right now? And they can't find answers. Yeah. You were just telling that. me that you've got friends that are asking you questions about, my church isn't teaching this stuff. I want to know more about this and this, but they're not teaching this. Yeah. You were literally telling me about that over lunch, you know, yeah. over a break. I want to start a group that gets together just to talk about that because you're not learning it on in church. Because, I mean, the church traditionally long ago abandoned the gospel with the denominational splits and everything mm-hmm. else and the rituals and the ordinances. They became Pharisees mm-hmm. in their own way. So... After the rapture, the gospel of the kingdom is going to be preached for three and a half years. And then the abomination of desolation occurs. That's the end. If you look in verse 15, Matthew 24, verse 15, right after he said, then shall the end come. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place. That's the little horn of Daniel 7. That's the antichrist in the temple. Yes. Okay. He says, whoso readeth, let him understand. It's like he's warning you, you better go check this out. Mm-hmm. Study. You know, then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. So why say just them in Judea if this is a global thing? You know, he's going to declare himself to be God in the temple, mm-hmm. in Jerusalem, which is in Judea. And they're going to have to run because that is when the end comes. That's when God's wrath begins to pour down. Mm-hmm. That's when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back, and that's when the tribulation of those days begins. But what I'm going to show you in a moment is that I believe at that point, if not before, it could have been when the rapture happened, that the beginnings of this, but at that point, the sign of the Son of Man appears. 
And that's when men are going to say but some you, things. You think that that's when the wrath of God begins? It doesn't happen at the beginning of the tri tribulation. Because last week we spoke about the two witnesses coming, mm -hmm. and they were bringing plagues. So isn't that the wrath of God? Nope. Really? That's signs for Israel. Oh, that's signs, yeah. which sound pretty bad. Yeah, they're bad. So you're saying when the when the desolation of, what is it again? Abomination of desolation. Abomination of desolation, sorry, occurs. The Antichrist stands in the temple and declares himself to be God. That's when God says, that's enough. I'm going to let you have it. To me, that's when the final plagues are poured out. Wow. So you could say the entire time is, is wrath. Yeah. But it's really technically divided into the, the, to the two parts. Three and a half and three yeah. and a half. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, so something is pivotal in that middle when the man of sin declares himself to be God based on, let, let's read it real quick, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Or excuse me, Second Thessalonians okay. chapter two, verse three. Paul writes, "Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come—the day of Christ, the day when the Lord comes back. Mm -hmm. That day shall not come except there come a falling away first, which is going to involve all the stuff with the Nephilim and everything. Yeah, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, Antichrist." who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So the man of sin or the beast sets up for himself an image in the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem. And this is why Jesus is warning those, when you see that, flee. Flee Judea. Hmm. Go into the wilderness where God has a place prepared for them. And didn't he take care of Israel in the wilderness for 40 years? Yeah, He's going to take care of them for you know, um, three and a half years in in the time of Jacob's trouble. So real quick, what about people that aren't, when this happens, right, and the Jews flee Judea is what he's saying, and they're protected at a place in the wilderness, right? What about people that live in the other parts of the earth? What about people in the United States, right, that will not take the mark of the beast? They won't be able to buy and sell. They're going to be persecuted, Right, so they are essentially going to have to flee and run to the hills as well, right? Well, they're fleeing for another reason, though. That you know, this thing that's going on in Jerusalem is because the temple is there okay. and the image is set up, and Jesus Christ is coming back to destroy those armies. Jerusalem is going to be surrounded by armies. Yeah. So whoever else is being persecuted for not taking the beast globally, that's not addressed here. Okay. That's not addressed here. The focus is on Israel. Which makes sense because it's God coming yeah, to redeem yeah. and restore Israel, right? Now, he's going to come back with us too. But the things that are going on in the rest of the world, we're not given a lot of details other than what's happening all over the world where wrath is poured out and the trees are burned up and the waters are destroyed and these things come out of the bottomless pit to attack men and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. The reason I ask is because I know a lot of Christians have non-Christian family members or friends and they often think about... What happens to these people if the rapture were to happen right now? Mm -hmm. And you've told them, hey, this is what's going to happen. There's going to be a mark of the beast. Don't ever take that mark of the beast because you're hoping and praying that they wouldn't fall in line and do that. Should we disappear in the next five minutes, right, is yeah. what I'm saying. If they don't take that mark, they can't buy or sell. They can't do any, which means you can't go to the grocery store and get any food, right? Well, right you, now, think of it. We're supposed to pay income tax in yeah, the United States. Yeah. Okay. Does everybody do that? No. And 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 when they don't, <laughs> are they finding creative ways to hide it? Sure. And, and, yeah. Okay. The same thing's going to happen during the beast era. Oh, you think there's going to be like an underground? Oh, movement black market. Of... of course. Yeah. Preppers, maybe. Yeah, if I can use that term. Yeah. Uh, people that stored up. Yeah. And yeah, they they've got provisions and they've been waiting for this time. You know. Wow. That's got the makings of a great sci-fi movie. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you. So, anyways, the the, the beast that uh, that is the abomination of desolation. Remember, has his false prophet that sets up the image, and this is kind of tying into what we just discussed in Revelation 13, verse 11. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. So the first beast is the Antichrist. This is the false prophet. He doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. 
deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast. Here's the abomination. Which had the wound by a sword and did live, and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Now, this is where I think AI may come into play, mm-hmm. you know. But this image will be set in the temple, declaring itself to be God and probably filmed or something or scattered all over the world through social media or whatever. So it will, be, will it be the image of the beast or the actual Antichrist that's in the temple? The image is set up in the temple. Okay. He, he makes the statement himself, I'm God, but yeah. he sets up an image, which is a sacrilege, Okay. which is a desecration of the temple. And then the, the false prophet gives it life. Yeah, causes it to causes speak. it to appear. So to the be false alive. prophet might yeah. be a doesn't a, give it life, a programmer. But makes it look like it's alive. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably Bill Gates or something. Some programmer. Yeah. <laughs> I pick on him a lot, but I, he he's evil. Well, he and might he be the it. antichrist. <laughs> no, he might be the false prophet, but he's not the antichrist. You know, but or he might be one of the ten kings. Uh, that hey, yeah, I agree. But I believe he's as evil as the day is long. Yeah, yeah. he's Malthusian. He's he's uh, psychopathic. He's a sociopath for sure. He, you know? How many people has he killed with vaccines? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Now, back to Matthew 24. Now, we're back to the reference passage in verse mm-hmm. 21. For then shall be great tribulation, such as not was since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. When would there be great tribulation? Well, it begins when the abomination is set up. So when mm-hmm. so maybe now we can finally get it set in our minds that the tribulation officially starts when the mar- when the beast stands up and says he's God and that's when God's wrath pours out. So the second three and a half yeah. years. Yeah. But that doesn't mean the first three and a half years is hunky dory. Mm-hmm. You've got signs and wonders happening and the it's not raining on the earth and there's plagues and everything mm-hmm. else that that Moses and the and the Elijah do uh, and it causes them to hate the Lord. But all that mm-hmm. time the rapture's taking place, we're gone, and there's a battle going on in heaven with angels, which we might be seeing signs and fearful sights and all that stuff, Matthew, uh, Luke 21. Mm-hmm. You know, the earth might be witnessing Star Wars happening above them. May, may or may not. Right? Probably will. Probably will see. In my That's going to be incredible yeah. to watch. And, and in my opinion, another thing could be they're going to see something coming. Just as the three wise men... Mm-hmm. Followed the star we have seen his star shining in the east. What if it's a star mm-hmm. that appears and it begins to grow larger and larger and larger? Three and a half years during the plagues, during the um, Battle of Gog and Magog or whatever, all yeah, that, whatever. Yeah. And then during the Antichrist gaining power. And then he sets up the abomination. And now it's to the point where the astronomers and whoever are saying, and NASA is saying, that's God. That's Yahweh. He's coming back, and he's going to destroy us because we've been against him all this time. Mm-hmm. Who's going to deliver? How are we going to possibly fight this? And a guy stands up, and he says, I've got the military power. Mm-hmm. You see all that fighting that's been going on up there between those alien craft, which mm. were angels? Yeah. I control them. And even though they're cast out of heaven and down to the earth, from the Bible's perspective, if they show up, the world's going to go, wow, here's our alien ancestors. Here's our fathers. They seeded us mm-hmm. many millennia ago, and they're going to protect us. They have high-tech weapons. They're going to protect us mm-hmm. from Because we're about to see in a moment, that's what they ask for. Humanity says, help us. Protect us from the one who's coming. Yeah. All right? Huh. So further into the sequence of events in Matthew 24, we know for a fact that this is the Great Tribulation now. And the wrath of God is coming, from which the church has already been delivered in the rapture. So the sign of man appears after the tribulation. So it cannot be the rapture itself, but it could have begun. And before it was known to be the sign of the Son of Man, it was growing, growing, growing. Mm -hmm. So it ties to the rapture in that we return to the Lord. uh, Well, rather, I should say we return with the Lord after we're raptured. And maybe we're in that little dot. Maybe it's the star. I was just about to say that. Maybe Maybe we're we're in that thing. Maybe it's growing. Coming back. And he's gathering angels to join us as he comes closer because they've been fighting the Antichrist or fighting the dragon and his angels. I'm just trying to throw a scenario out there, you know. Yeah. So go to verse 27, Matthew 24, 27. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. 
For wherever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. A, a reference to the slaughter that's about to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, vultures gathered to dead bodies. But lightning, light coming. The, now we know where the star is going to be. It's from the east. It's coming from the east. and It's going to come west, right? And that's so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So the entire chapter concerns the tribulation, the abomination of desolation, and Christ's return. I don't see the rapture factored into any of this other than it's already happened. Yeah. So yeah. to me, the heavens will be lit up with the glory of the Lord. And though we may be seeing the fighting of the angels and this and that, perhaps, I think we will, because of the fearful sights and signs and wonders in the heavens, this is going to be the sign of the Son of Man. Some light of his glory approaching as he triumphantly returns with his host. Do you think that this has anything to do with that, uh, uh, I'm going to say, second Jerusalem that comes down? No, because in I don't Revelation believe that. I don't believe that comes down in Revelation twenty-two, twenty-two, okay. and, or twenty-one rather. And I don't believe that it occurs until there's a new heaven, a new earth, which is at the end of the thousand-year reign. Ah, okay. So watch this. Let's look at his return. Let's look at some descriptive elements of his return in Revelation nineteen, and see if we can piece it together before we wrap this up. So verse 11 of Revelation 19 says, And I saw heaven opened. This is John writing. Mm -hmm. Behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he does judge and make war. Now, this is no ordinary horse. This is not an Arabian or an Appaloosa, you know. Mm -hmm. This is a heavenly angelic horse, Mm -hmm. which may be pulling a chariot, which may be the Lord's uh, conveyance vehicle itself. I don't know. But I bet with Christ in it, it's brighter than the noonday sun. Yeah. His eyes were as a flame of fire. Oh, by the way, notice he says he does judge and make war. So he's coming back to judge and to battle. Mm -hmm. Just as we saw in Daniel 7 with with the Son of Man. His eyes were as a flame of fire. And on his head were many crowns, which may be the crowns of the rewards for the saints. And he had our name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture or garment dipped in blood. And that blood is the blood of men and Nephilim that he slays when he comes back. Hmm. Uh, He was, excuse me. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. So we know who it is, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Who is that? I would assume that's the angelic army. What about us? And us, yeah. Yeah, so I think we're all part of it. Uh, Because by then we'll have glorified bodies. Yeah. So we're fit to fight. I used to say, "Ah, we're not fit to fight. Why would he have me? You don't think we can take him right now? (laughs) Not right now. And, And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. It's the word of God. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God, and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Lord of lords of, of angels, Lord of lord of the gods, the fallen mm-hmm. angels, what, whatever, King of kings. He's come back with the kingdom, and it includes us. We're with him, and we know that, just as a quick side, uh, and we're going long, I know, but based on Revelation, uh, or Second Thessalonians chapter um, 1, excuse me, there we go, I can't get this to... Chapter 1, verse 7, Paul says, And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know that's coming. Mm-hmm. Well, the world's going to know it too. We'll see that in a moment Okay. to close. Who shall be punished, the world that doesn't believe, with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you is believed in that day. That's proof we're coming back because we're his glory. Mm-hmm. We're coming back to be admired when the, Lord, when the world sees him and us, we're his glory. Hmm. Right? So I can imagine that the sign of the Son of Man is growing in brightness, growing in brightness as he approaches and gets closer. And the world is going to know he's coming. They're going to see it. 
they're going to see the sign of the Son of Man. And it has to do with his return. We know that. So rather than it being the rapture itself, the rapture may have been the, the pivotal starting point. Yeah. I got to stop moving my hands Ooh, so much. You're all over the place. <laughs> Your arms you. are getting excited. I know. I do get excited <laughs> about this. I really do. So let's see that final thought in Revelation 6, okay. verse 12. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal. This hasn't opened yet. That's the next thing that needs to open. The There's six a total seal. of six seals, Seven. Right? Seven seals, okay. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. And wouldn't it be interesting as if this seal opens when the rapture happens? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Again, what if events are taking place where this starts, you know, and whatever. The stars of heaven fell into the earth. Angels, fallen angels. Even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she's shaken of a mighty wind. And that could be like starting now with these portals opening. And remember that image yeah. we saw that L.A. Marzulli showed, that, that yeah. trail cam they sent? And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together. And now that's an interesting concept. What does that really mean? Are we going to be able to see things in the heavens that we've never seen before? You know, mm -hmm. like like it's departed as a scroll when it's rolled together implies that, like I mentioned, Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of, glory of God, the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, night unto night showeth knowledge. There's no voice or language where his word is not heard. And I'm probably butchering the verse because I'm not reading it. Yeah. But it's like it's written in the stars. When the scroll rolls up, it's like, I'm closing the book. Yeah. We're done. They're not preaching the gospel of grace anymore because it went out with the rapture. They're not preaching the gospel of the kingdom anymore because it ended when the Antichrist said he's God. The only message being preached to the world at that point for the last three and a half years is an angel that flies through the heavens and says, don't take the mark of the beast, come out of Babylon and worship God. Hmm. And wow. to me, for men to see an angel proclaiming a gospel like that, something's going to change in the heavens. Are they flying around with like an airplane banner that says, don't take the mark, you know? <laughs> or are they in these craft that fly around and yeah. they announce or something? You know, I'm telling you, it's fascinating to consider. It is. So watch what happens. The heavens depart as a scroll when it's rolled together. And every mountain and island were moved out of their place, probably because of that great earthquake. Yeah. So chaos, right? And I think this is, could be happening in the first three and a half years. Okay. All right? And in fact, I believe it will start it, quite frankly. So when we think it's all going to be smooth sailing for the first half, no way. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man, which pretty much covers the whole human race. It's everybody. Yeah. Hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of his wrath has come and who shall be able to stand? Why would they be saying that? Why would they know that? Because they see the sign of the son of man mm -hmm. beginning to approach. In other words, it's like they're saying, oh, there's an asteroid. It's going to come hit the earth. How can we stop this? What can we possibly do? And who will offer to come to their rescue? Sure, the Antichrist. Absolutely. Yeah. The beast. I've got the technology. Look at, we're aliens. We're from another planet. We've got these spacecraft. We've got these weapons. We can defeat Yahweh. We can defeat God. So is it possible the world will see the sign of the Son of Man appear when the sixth seal is open? And maybe that's when it starts. And maybe that's when the rapture happens. And it may be that it hmm. occurs right when it's opened and the sign is visible to, for the entire time of Jacob's trouble, the seven years. And it gets bigger and bigger. And once the Antichrist declares himself to be God and God begins to pour his wrath out, then they're going to know, hey, we're engaging in the battle. And perhaps the nations will see the Lord's sign and they're going to know of his coming judgment. And that's why they're willing to worship the beast and take his mark, believing he can deliver them from the wrath you, of God. Do you think that's why a lot of these quote-unquote elites are starting to build un underground bunkers? Because oh, Because they know... They know what's coming. They've been told. Yeah. The rapture is close. They're demonic. You're going to need a place to hide. Their demonic entities are letting them know in advance yeah. of what's happening. They're masters. So, you know. And who knows what they have underground already? 
underground oh, cities. Well, deep underground military all, bases. That they can all go to. Which, incidentally, that's the thing that's not being made known yet. While everybody's being distracted with saying, oh, UAPs, UFOs, there's aliens, they've, they've come to us, whatever. You know, I see the nonsense. In reality, the government's been working hand-in-hand hand with these entities, and they know they're not aliens. That's yeah. why there's no disclosure, because they know they're demonic fallen angels and satanic beings that are giving them this technology and doing all this stuff. Mm -hmm. They're the puppet masters. They, they're working hand-in-hand hand with them in these deep underground military bases. And cognitive dissonance won't allow us but, to But to, to that prophecy right there, that they have places for these people to go. That the they dens can go and high, the holes of the rocks. But the ones that are really elite, elite, right? Yeah. The the Mark Zuckerbergs of yeah. the world, the billionaires and trillionaires, they have their own bunkers. They don't have to go to hang out with all schmucks. They got their own underground yeah. pool and all that, right? So I gotta think They're about gonna go hide in, in their private place. There was know. a there was a movie called The Kingsman. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was something about this the rich billionaire people were gonna repopulate the planet after everybody killed each other. Because they're all Malthusian, right? Like Bill Gates. That's, that's and, kind and, of their thinking, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> they were too many people. Yeah. Like you said, useless eaters. Yeah. There's most people in their eyes don't contribute anything to the planet or their agenda. Mm -hmm. So they need to eliminate them. And and according to the word of God, it says during that time, a man will be as rare as gold. You know, they're, they're, wow. that's, how, that's how much the population is going to be reduced because of them. Mm. And then ultimately the wrath of God. So, yeah, they would say fall on us and hide us because they know it's coming. They yeah. know it's coming. And they're lying to you. Folks, listen to me. Governments, leaders, they're lying to you about what they know and about what's coming. Don't be distracted by pitting. They have us pitted against each other. Yeah. So we'll fight each other and yeah. get distracted, polarized so that we won't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's a lot. It is a lot to unpack right there. I might have to listen to this one again, maybe a couple times, even though what we talked about. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Good stuff. You bet. Thanks, John. Absolutely. Thank you for listening today. We hope something that we've said will open your eyes and cause you to seek to know the truth. So until next time, look up because our redemption draws near. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing to our premium ad-free content at BibleMysteriesPodcast.com.